0: Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months, when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open, and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong. Or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. If you don't subscribe to our Women's Performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hi Feisties, Happy New Year. I am so excited about 2023 and what it will bring, but to get started this week, I have a little game for you. So I'm gonna list five menopause facts and you keep score just in your head for yourself of how many of those facts you already knew before I said them. Okay, ready? Number one, menopause happens in one day. Number two, perimenopause typically happens over five to 10 years. Number three, there are 36 symptoms and counting that are associated with perimenopause. Number four, women often suffer from hormonally driven anxiety during perimenopause. And number five, lifting heavy weights or lifting heavy shit is one of the best things you can do for yourself during perimenopause. So how'd you do? (laughs) I have to say, before Feisty Media started Feisty Menopause and the Hit Play Not Pause podcast, I would have got zero out of five (laughs) right on this list. And partially for that reason, I wanted to do an episode of this podcast filled with everything a younger woman should know about menopause. So I thought, who better to join me than the one and only Celine Yeager? Celine is the host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast and leader of the feisty menopause community. She is a top-selling professional health and fitness writer who lives what she writes as an NASM certified personal trainer, USA Cycling licensed coach, PN1 certified nutrition coach, pro-licensed off-road bike racer, and former All-American Ironman triathlete. I can barely get my words around all of her accomplishments. During our conversation, Celine and I talk about her own journey through menopause and what she's learned after two years of her own conversations with the experts she's had on the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. I was especially struck by the part uh, uh, during our conversation where Celine talks about how much time we as women can sometimes spend hating certain parts of ourselves. Uh, for example, like our thighs or our waistline, or our boobs are too small, or this is too big, or that's too small, or our faces are wrong, or there's too many wrinkles. It goes on and on. And how conversations about menopause dovetail into ageism. Ultimately, though, Selena and I talk about how empowering her own journey has been both through the podcast and through menopause itself. If you are a man or a woman under 45 and you are listening to this, please don't switch it off thinking it's not about you. I'm 46 and I wish I had a resource like Celine so I could have been more educated when I was younger to help myself and the women around me. But before we hit play with Celine, it's a new year and I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. So Inside Tracker has been with Feisty for over two years now. And the info learned from the blood tests has helped me stay healthy over the last two years, for sure. And also Prevenix who really are the only supplement company, <laughs> honest to goodness, I have ever fully trusted. That's what it's taken for me to trust a supplement co- company because there's so much BS in that industry, uh, is to actually like know the founder and CEO myself and hear about his process of creating the products. Um, I use their vegan protein powder every single day because I know as we age, we need more protein as women. So that has been immensely helpful to just sort of like dump and shake every day, and the immune booster, um, especially in this kind of like COVID, post-COVID age where we all seem to be getting the flu and respiratory infections, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and just as a reminder, if you haven't already, uh, sign up for our newsletter. We will put the link to do that into the show notes. Every week we, we release an article that will help you feel and perform your best, and then we deliver it to your inbox and of course make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app and leave a rating and review it really does help so happy new year again feisties and let's hear from celine Hi, Celine. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm well. How are you? Good oh, to be here. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm pretty good. We're like so snowed in. I've got like normally you can hear seagulls. Sometimes yeah. regular listeners will know there's like seagulls kind of sometimes that join us on the podcast. Yeah. But today they're blocked by a giant layer of snow. So really, is that unusual for you? Very unusual. Yeah. 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 So it's very quiet here. No one's coming to work. No one can drive and the seagulls cannot disturb us. So <laughs> we're going to have a good recording.
1: All right. Excellent. Until the um, roof comes in.
0: <laughs> <until the> remote, <laughs> I'll let you know. You'll know. All right. um, so menopause, you know, I, I really want to talk about perimenopause, menopause and like all the mm-hmm. things that like you that we wished that we knew when we were younger, you know, and like menopause education has become your life's work. So I know there's no one better place to talk about this than you. So how did, uh, perimenopause menopause, how did it become so important to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that wasn't until I started this podcast. I mean, even when I was writing, yeah. When I was writing and that's hit play, not pause for those who are not familiar. Um, even when I was writing Next Level, which I had started sort of doing before the podcast with Dr. Stacey Sims, which was the menopause follow-up to Roar, you know, so it was all about that, um, I, I wasn't, I just hadn't really been thinking about it that much, and but when I started this podcast and put it out into the world and then got this tidal wave of feedback, it became very clear to me just how... Performance minded, active women were just left out of the conversation and were struggling alone. And it was literally changing people's lives. I was getting all these messages and I thought, oh, like this is, this is super meaningful. This is really important. And it was, it was really after the first couple episodes of the podcast that, it, that I decided like, this is really important. This is,
0: wow. So that's interesting because I sort of half expected you to say, to give us an answer that was more about like your personal journey, but it's, no, <laughs> no, it sounds like it's no, about
1: everything at all. <laughs> It has nothing to do with my personal journey.
0: Right. I like that's how, you know, I, I often feel like that about things. It's like, is that like if so, if I hear like a groundswell of like things, a group of people are suffering, and especially women, like in a certain area, like that's something I'm like, lean into that. Right. Yeah. Um, so interesting. What was like, what was your kind of menopause journey? Like, did you have significant, Um. I don't even want to say symptoms. Is that?
1: Yeah, no, it's not. So it, it's funny. Like I, I probably, you know, I mean, I was racing all through my forties, right? Like I, I hadn't really thought about menopause at all. Uh, it 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 barely entered my consciousness. Like if you asked me, will you go through menopause? I would say, Of course. Like every woman goes through menopause. <laughs> you like I would, but but you know, it I wasn't, I've never been, I never actually much thought about my menstrual cycle either. It happened. And then when I started working with Stacey on our projects, you know, I started to cl- connect some dots, like there would be times in my cycle that I didn't know because I don't track. But though, like, once I started tracking, I'm like, oh, I I do actually always have some trouble with power and thermoregulation at this part of my cycle. And here are some things I can do about it. Like, cool. Um, you know, and menopause wasn't on my radar while I was racing in my 40s. I definitely, you know, ha- I knew that that's when your period stopped. And I, from my work with prevention, when at magazine, when I was like 28, 29, I knew like there were body composition changes because all they ever wrote about was the quote unquote menopause. Right. Like that is God. right. Which I
0: which hate, is, which I hate is like that belly word belly fat. Yes. That, okay.
1: Because mm-hmm. like the, the, the abdominal fat and it's a, Thing like the like the your fat your body composition shifts and weight does go to the middle and you become you know your your waistline. Well, I, that's, it's true, all of that is true, but like these words I have just grown to hate more than anything like muffin top, bat wings, menopause. I hate every single one of them. <laughs> so, you know, I would and I knew like hot flashes, right? But that's kind of like all I knew. And I, I, un, I understand your reluctance to use the word symptom because that connotes a disease. And I personally try very much to get away from that narrative that menopause is a deficiency disease. Cause we've been here before, you know, yeah, in the 1960s yeah. when they wrote feminine forever, they called estrogen, you know, menopause was a disease of decay for God's sakes. Like, like, let's not, right. Like, let's not do that. Decay,
0: okay. <laughs> right? oh,
1: Living decay. It was called, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it, but it's a, but it is a symptom in an in as such that is a sign that something is changing, inter- mm-hmm. like internally, right? Like so.
0: Right. Like the word yeah. symptom, because we associate it with disease, right? But the word symptom can be anything. Like, it's just right. like something else happens related to this other thing. Right. right. And, and it's an unusual
1: they... thing. It's getting your attention. And that's sort of like what it is, right? That's an idea. And there's 36 and counting, you know, of menopause. If you go to the the literature and the journals, you know, looking back, I probably started entering the transition somewhere around 46, if I had to guess, you know, I was having wicked night sweats, but I would sometimes sort of get, become a furnace at night when I was training heavy. So it was different. I mean, it literally was like my pores sprang open and it was a sprinkler system and like rivers of like sweat running down my back. I'm like, this is new and, um, anxiety that was not there before. Like everyone who listens to my show knows I talk about being a catastrophic thinker and, Mm -hmm. um, but this was different. Like this was, uh, a level of wow, the world is ending kind of anxiety that I hadn't before had before. Just like really strong physical, visceral anxiety, often at like three o'clock in the morning or, you know, some other time where I just wake up and, you know, I, I got through it by ignoring it like so many people do. I mean, right. even though I, I'm a catastrophic thinker, I'm also super level-headed. So I was just like, I'm very good. It takes a whole lot to sort of knock me off my game. So I would just like towel off And I had like mantras that I'd lie in bed, I'd be like, I'm okay, it's okay. I'm okay, it's okay. And I would just count backwards from some number. I would just pick like 38. I'm okay, it's okay. Until I went back to sleep. And that was pretty much it until like 48 or 49. And then I definitely hit like prime tunnel, you know, prime transition time. And it really did. It felt like my muscles disappeared kind of overnight. And I am, I've always been a very muscular woman. I never thought about them. I, people would always like, how much do you lift? I'm like, I don't lift. Um, and I had that very odd feeling of invisibility that women talk about, which was so strange to me. Just not just, I can't even really put words to it as a writer, just feeling like I wanted to disappear and be invisible. And I was invisible and it was such a weird out of nowhere sensation. And, uh, you know that's when I called Stacy because we were working on that next level book and I was like I'm kind of not okay. You know I'm like if I'm going to write wow. this book with yeah. you like I need to fix what's going on with me because this just got really real for me and I can't write stuff if I actually don't if I'm not okay. And yeah, she she had me, you know, I started lifting heavy, I started using some of the adaptogens that I I talk about a lot like ashwagandha and I increased my proteins, a lot of the things that I've Talked about over the show. And it actually really worked. And lifting heavy, I will say, is the number one thing that sort of literally sort of grounded me, made me feel more like myself, got me back mentally and physically in many ways.
0: Mm. So Mm -hmm. that's a
1: long answer for the transition. That's yeah. a great
0: answer. I'm like furiously writing notes of things okay. I want. To, <laughs> I, I will want pause to and let you. I'm like just things I want to follow up on. Like you know, I, with the with the onset of the anxiety and these symptoms. And you said like, especially those first early years that you just like kind of got through it by getting through it. Like, is there yeah. a certain? Because I have this. I actually have this feeling with listening to your show because I like I like pick and choose. Right of which which ones I'm going to listen to because sometimes I'm like I don't want to know like you know how a psychology <laughs> a psychology yeah, student like understand. like right like diagnoses mm-hmm. themselves with like everything that they learn about <laughs>
1: like yeah right? yeah yeah and yeah so
0: like how how should someone like myself or like I want but I also want to be educated right and I don't want to feel like alone and I know that I won't I mean we're all we're like in this together now kind of thing like that's not gonna happen but like. Did you feel that too? Like that you, or do you wish that you were more educated at that? for those? I don't
1: think I would have done anything differently if I'm honest, because I was still performing well, you know, I'm lying. Now that I've had some time to think about it, like I do wish that I had known that that anxiety was hormonally driven only Mm -hmm. because I wish I had known that, Mm -hmm. you know, because and I hear this on my show a lot, like it's not like it would have made it go away, but it would have made me understand it and made it better. Like once I understand something and what the genesis is, it's much easier for me to sort of go, oh, I know what you are. You know, like I know where this is coming from and like deal with it on a logical level. But not knowing, I just was like, I might be losing my mind. (laughs) You know, this is great. And I do, you know, I joke, but there is some mental illness in my family. My grandmother on my mom's side was Quite mentally ill, and she really came undone during menopause. And I, you know, my mom and I are always like mental checking ourselves. I'm like, everyone, all right? You all right? I'm all right. You know, right. let's not. Um, so there was definitely part of me was like, I'm not digging this new state of mind. And it would have been nice just to know that because I it, it would have made me feel better. I would have been like, okay, like I know what this is coming from, and it's not. I'm not losing my mind. I'm having like these hormonal fluctuations that are causing this. Yeah. And I would have started lifting heavier sooner. Like a hundred percent would have. I mean, I, I, I never did. Cause I just didn't see, like I said, I've always been pretty strong and I didn't see the um, utility of that at the time. I could dr- just ride my bike 30 hours a week and everything was awesome. Yeah. And I, um, you know, the muscle is harder to maintain. It goes away faster. And I just I would have taken to that a little earlier just because I did, I also just didn't know how awesome I would feel doing it. Like I really felt very, very great once I started lifting heavy.
0: Right. Yeah. I think i was so glad, like, first of all, I'm just so glad that you, like that we're having this conversation now and that we started the podcast two years ago for the exact same thing that you said. Like when I started to have that, those anxious feelings, like I would mm. wake up, we talked about it, I wake up, wake up with some anxiety and some anger, you know, yeah. I, I, I was able to identify right away.
1: And that's helpful, right? I mean, you still feel it. Yeah. And you don't love it, but mm-hmm. you know, I've had guest after guest after guest tell me that, like, that is the relief they feel. Like, so just listening, they're like, "Oh, okay." You mm-hmm. know, so it's not like it w- really won't make you feel that thing. Like, I don't, I don't have all thirty set. So, like, my skin doesn't feel like it's crawling. I don't have rage. I mean, there's lots of things, you know. Yeah. But it's it's nice. Like, I do have some tinnitus that is new, and I like. That is something that can happen too. You know, it's just nice to know the things that you're experiencing, where they're coming from, because then you you can just sort of move along with your life or get help, you know, and we'll okay. talk about that later, I'm sure. But yeah. um, yeah, so I I would just say, just listen, because A, it's just interesting. I find it just interesting. Like I'm a science geek and I, I find all that information really interesting and it makes me more understanding of other people, you know, who are going through all this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then you've mentioned the invisibility piece, which like, I think I just kind of had an aha moment as you were talking earlier. This goes back. So this goes back a couple of questions, but I had written because because, like, I didn't realize, I think when people talked about women, as we get older, becoming invisible, I always put that into a culture category as Mm -hmm. in like the way that we see women age, we see it more negatively. We're not so that therefore were being looked at differently on the street or in social right. situations right. at work etc. So like I always saw it like that the way that you described it just now was more like there was an internal something that happened with you like late in your 40s that was like suddenly you felt invisible. Like did I hear that right?
1: You heard it 100% right. And that's what was so strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I, it's funny because I like on my 50, I think it was on a big ride I was doing on my 50th birthday. I actually took a, a selfie on top of this uh, weather tower that I climbed up to the top of. And it, I, I wrote all about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, it was like the rug being pulled out from underneath me, but it was a hundred percent internal. It was a hundred percent internal. And it was a very, very, cause I'm a really out, like. I mean, I'm, you know, people, I'm a little complex because I'm kind of shy and introverted, but I'm also just out there, you know, and um, I suddenly just didn't want to be out there. And that was new. Like, that was a very new thing for me.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just had never thought of that before, that it can just, it can be like something personal that's maybe related to some kind of shift that's happening. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's definitely, I mean, I have a lot of perspective on that now. Um, And I think... You know, there's a if you go back and and like look at writing about, especially feminist writing about menopause, and it is like this time of like coming into your larger power and becoming the woman you are meant to mm-hmm. be. You hear all about that, like that nurturing part is shed, and you're just now this woman comes out, and it's you know what mm-hmm. are you going to be now kind of thing. And I think there's that maybe that slipping away internally is part of that process of being like, okay, that's, this is this person that I have been, and I'm going through this transition to become this other person. And I need to go into this little bit of quiet and solitude mm-hmm. inside to figure out what she looks like on the other side of this.
0: Yeah. I love that. Okay. The, and some of the, you know, we, cause we talked about symptoms and we're talking about your journey, but like what were some of the positive outcomes for you now that you are on the other side?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of um, a lot of positive outcomes. I mean, it's you know, there's a there's a there's definitely a mourning that happens. I mean, there was there was a period that I mourned not being as fast as I was like on a bike. Right. And all Mm -hmm. that and all that stuff. But there's also like it's kind of like when my daughter was born, there was sort of like this joyful letting go of a selfish part of myself. You know what I mean? I felt that yeah. when she was born. I'm like, whoa, I got something bigger than me to think about than myself. Amen. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. really enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. I think I'm going through another process very similar to that where I'm like, I can put that down, you know, like I can finally because for a while I, I I kept trying to write this piece for bicycling and I never wrote it and it was called Speed Trap and that mm-hmm. I felt like I was in this trap and I, like as long as I was mm-hmm. winning things or, be, or, or fast or at this whatever, I couldn't stop because then who would I be? And it like, I was all wrapped up in that. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was so such a sort of a joyful shedding, you know, I mean, it hurts because shedding must hurt. Maybe it hurts a snake too. I don't know. (laughs) I felt like, you know, like there's a, there's a process of any birth is painful. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, when you get out the other side, you're like, Oh, that feels good. You know, you, maybe that's what maybe that's what it feels like to come out of a chrysalis. I don't know. But it, it, it definitely was like, I'm calmer, I'm happier, I have higher purpose. I can take on these adventures for the sake of them. Now I actually do feel a little bit like myself again. And I have a little bit, uh, I think, power and speed that I don't know if I want to do anything with it or go down that road again. But I signed up for a half Ironman, you know, I mean, like, I, it's <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I mean it's just I should be very careful about (laughs) but it's you know it's a good it is a good place to be. I mean there's I've talked about it so much you get to this like unfuckableness is what we talked about with Zora. Like I don't like no fucks to get like all the F-words, but it's true. Like I you just get like more comfortable in your skin and you just don't care about like a lot of the little things that you did before. Like the purpose is higher. (laughs) (laughs) You're I and <laughs> <to, laughs> I'm here
0: to shine. I, I, it's funny like i I I often feel like when I have guests on it, like I just want to stop and say thank you, you know, like be, when you're sharing something so important like I right think that was so important, um, and a uh, hundred episodes of hip yes pause, yeah, right? more like, than now, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're well over 100, especially like this will come out January 2023, you know, we're probably 112 or so episodes in. You've probably learned like a hell of a lot, right? Um, so much. Yeah. What are some of the most, I know this is a huge question, but some of the most important things are the important takeaways that you've learned?
1: No, I, I have a couple that I think that I think about often. And, you know, the first one is that it is real like what you are feeling is real. And that is really, really, really important. You know, when you have, and sometimes when I show women, and I think I've shared this with you, like you can look at a graph of women's hormones and like during the menstrual cycle years, there's this like beautiful orchestra that's sort of like reliable. And then you get into perimenopause and it's like, things are just swinging like a spiral graph, you know, and that affects you, that affects every cell of your body. So like, Understand that whatever it is that you're experiencing is real. And if your doctor tells you that you're too young for menopause, you know, because you're in your late thirties or early forties, find another one, find someone who will listen to you. If they're not listening to you, please, please find someone to listen to you. Um, And sure, not everything is menopause, but you need to have a medical provider who listens to you and is knowledgeable. And along those lines, like take Take symptoms seriously, you know, and that's something that I have learned that I that I would not have known. And it's kind of recent that even the North American Menopause Society is talking about this. Um, severe hot flashes and night sweats, especially. But there was just a study I wrote about yesterday that shows more symptoms are related to disease process. If you have like so many symptoms that your life is being disrupted, there are people who have hot flashes on the hour every hour. You know, there are people who have like Oprah just talked about heart palpitations all night that make her feel like she's dying. Like those kind of really wow. severe, yeah, those kind of really severe symptoms have been linked now to an increased risk for cardiovascular disease, white matter hyperintensities, which are lesions in the white matter of your brain that are early mm-hmm. markers for cognitive decline, depression, mm-hmm. memory issues, all kinds of things. So it is worthwhile if you are having symptoms that are very disrupted, going and getting help, there are hormonal, hormone therapy is very safe, especially within this transition, non-hormonal therapies. There's a bunch coming out that I just wrote about. They'll be out in um, the new year. And that article on them will be out in the new year called um, "Handy Neuron. They found these neurons that trigger a lot of these, you know, vasomotor symptoms that oh, wow. get them at in the brain where they generate, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. but just like, don't tough it out because if you, the there's st- the research is still being done to figure out the cause and effect in the chicken and the egg, like maybe because your life is being so disrupted, your sleep is wrecked and that's causing all these knockoff health consequences, right? You know, and if you can take care of one thing and get sleep and be all like, that takes care of the rest of it. Like they can't kind of tease out like what the cause and effect of it all is, but definitely, definitely, you know, take those symptoms seriously. Don't just buy a fan and suffer. Like just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And and the last thing I would I would say mm-hmm. is I don't. I, I feel so bad. Like a lot of women, you know, they they go and they hear from their doctors like, oh, you know, it's all stress. It's all stress. And we hear a lot of stress. And yes, it's really important to get. A whole of your stress for many different reasons, but women, I think about this a lot. Like women are built to take a lot of stress. We give birth, we carry children. We, you know, we were, we are providers of much. We are, we are literally built to survive famines and pestilence, all kinds of things like our, our so like, it's not, not everything is is just oh, honey, you're stressed. That makes me a little bananas. But anyway, that's it. <laughs> yeah,
0: and you know, if you combine that or like take the intersection between what you're saying and like, there there are studies that show that like women's pain is less believed by doctors. Yes, women's pain, <laughs> women of color's pain. Like you know, like think about what that intersection could mean, right? Yeah, like you, you might you just might not get the best <laughs> support sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I have women. I've had a woman on the show, and she, I, I was I was just so she was so grateful that I just believed her. You know, she was just mm. like, I she just has not had a good night's sleep in years. And she, you know, she's like, my bedroom is like a cave. I turn off the screens. I've got earplugs, eye mask. I'm using all these things. I get up, I look at the sun, I do exercise, you know, and she's like, and I still don't sleep. So please stop talking about sleep hygiene. And I get it, Mm -hmm. you know, like I totally, Mm -hmm. I understand that a lot, especially in our audiences, a lot of these women, and that's, was another reason I started the show. A lot of people are already doing all those things. They really, really are. Mm -hmm. And, and sort of like saying, well, are you really eating right? Are you really exercising? I think is a giant disservice to people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the moments that have, like, affected you the most? Over- I know we, like, you know, I know <sighs> I, we've been, even I've been with you in a few moments where I'm like, where you're deeply affected by some of the things, like some of the feedback that you hear from the audience.
1: Oh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I cr- I've cried on the show, uh, like, numerous times. And mm-hmm. I get, you know, I get this feedback from people who are like, I, you know, you, this is, and it's hard for me to even say because it sounds so hyperbolic, but, you know, I mean, it's, they say like, this has changed my life. Like, like, I finally understand what's wrong. I've gotten help. I'm back, Mm -hmm. you know, riding my bike and doing things. And that's so, so satisfying, but you know, and certainly the shows where body composition comes up and struggles with identity, those like, I think touch me a lot because hearing women hate themselves so deeply mm. is so hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard. Like I think about that, Sarah, all the time. Like we have what, 80 some years on this planet. And like, how many are you going to devote to hating your thighs? How many? Mm. Tell me, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it may, it's soul crushing for me to think about that. Like how much energy women expend hating themselves because of like ripples on their thighs or- extra padding around the middle i fucking hate that it's exhausting
0: and even like as i'm thinking about it like you know younger women struggle with that oh yeah so then you like layer on you know layer on perimenopause and all of those things are going to be exaggerated and feel worse and like it's just that is kind of devastating
1: yeah I mean I love like the genie genie halls of the world you're like just get rid of the mirrors man just live outside and live Mm -hmm. through your body I'm like yes but you know to to be to be honest the 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 show that has impacted me the most I mean it was just very recently like I had on it's funny you're talking about the shows that you don't want to listen to right (laughs) because there's shows that I haven't want to do Like I, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Amy commander, who is a breast oncologist, Mm -hmm. you know, into this book reached out to me. She's like, you haven't done a show on this. I'm a big fan. And I have like all this stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to talk to you because Mm -hmm. like, I had had a couple of breast scares very early on, you know, like was 39, 40. And I got and because I'm a health writer, there's this whole thing that happens when you're a health writer, you're talking about people who study psychology, get everything wrong with them. When you, you are dying of everything when you are a health writer sometimes, because you know too much. Right. Right. (laughs) So, you know, I just got, I just got, I just got terrified of getting a mammogram. I mean, I just got so irrationally afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And literally 12 years ago, I Every year I'd be like, this is the year I'm going to do it. And that year would go and I'd be like, oh, I just didn't do it. And by the time I got to like now, I'm like, I'm dying. I'm like, if I go, they're going to find something and I'm going, that's the end. You know, because that's what my brain was doing. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to this woman. I just don't. But I had her on because it felt very irresponsible to just not do a show on this. And we talked and it was a good show. And there's actually, there is a lot of controversy about mammograms, which we don't need to go on all that here, but I knew too much about that too, right? Overtreatment okay. and fault. So we, we stop recording and I tell her my truth. <laughs> I tell her like, and she, she's like, I could see her just become my mom, you know, and she gave me her cell phone and I just start crying. And she's like, you really need to do this. And, you know, she, and now I understand she had a friend who caught hers early and it did save her. Life. So she's like this personal connection too, right. Besides yeah. from being this. And she's like, I understand, you know, your thoughts with the controversies, but this is, this is why it is good. And I, you know, I, I, I got off the phone or the call with her. I made the appointment that day. I sent her a text. I said, I did it. She's like, I'm so proud of you. I wanted to cancel that so many times. I got it right after we got back from outspoken. I made the, the, the appointment. It was like the Friday after. <laughs> and, um, you know, like I got kind of calm that day. I was like, if I have cancer, I, it's not going to go away because I don't get the screen. Right. Like you're just being stupid. So just go. But I, in my mind, I'm like, they're going to lecture you. They're going to look at you. They're going to wag their nothing. Everybody was so nice. They did make me make my appointment before I even sat down for next year, though. They're, they're like, Oh, would you like to make your next appointment? I'm like, I haven't even sat
0: down. <laughs> you, but you may not leave the building until you.
1: <laughs> so I did. And then I was like really psychologically prepared to get the call back because I have dense breasts and a lot of times they have a hard time sort of reading things. Everything was fine. And now, like, I'm so like, that has actually. I can't explain this little nagging weight that has been sort of banging around the back of my head for 12 years, like literally 12 years. And now it's gone. It's gone. But I had women, you know, I when I talked about that show on the next show, I, I just broke down crying. Like it was like 12 years of anxiety just came flooding out while I was doing the intro. And I sent it to Carrie right away. I said, I'm, I'm hitting re-record on this because I just don't know. And then she got back to me. She's like, don't, 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 don't. She's like, keep Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, okay. I feel really stupid. That seemed like a gross overreaction. But I had so much really positive feedback. And a woman actually immediately got back to me. And she said, it took me three times to even listen to the show because I'm so afraid of this. Uh, But I'm going to make an appointment too. You know, so like that, those kind of moments
0: are amazing. Yeah. Wow. I had a moment of realization. Like I sort of teared up as you were talking like just now. And I just want to like draw this comparison because I realized, oh, this is the same. Um, So when I was in Scotland, when I lived in a post-grad dorm the first year that I was there, like to do my PhD. And I had a there was a doctor from South America who was working on a she was a fertility doctor. um, And but she had dealt with now. She had lived in three different countries in South America and like very, very Catholic. So mm-hmm. women did not, like, it was kind of shameful if you had something wrong with a private part of your body to go yes. to the doctor. And,
1: it must be God's curse upon you. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. And she had these pictures that were, like, that have, like, stayed with me in my head. Like, for, until, until now, like, you're talking about breast cancer. And I'm, like, where, when they finally, when women finally went, and everyone has a boob job, by the way like in in those countries. Right. (laughs) So it's like harder to detect at the best of times, even with detection methods, people don't go to the doctor. They, she had hundreds of pictures of women where the cancer was growing out. I had never seen anything like it where they were like almost deformed by the time they went to the doctor. Right. That's the level of like help. And just as you were, like, just as you were talking there, I was like, that's a very extreme image, right, but, like, actually, a lot of what we go through in menopause is silenced, not for religious reasons, but for other reasons, right, like, other cultural messaging reasons, like, there's, all I knew until two years ago about menopause was that your period stops, and you get hot flashes, yep. like, that's all that I knew. Right. And that's so much. And like, you're seeing, I forget 37, 38, 36 symptoms. Like
1: they keep growing. Yeah,
0: so. uh, however Like I knew none of it. And that, and two years later, I'm, ex- I'm actually experiencing anxiety and probably would have thought that I was like, that I was having some kind of mental issue if I didn't, yep. if we didn't have your podcast and that is not different. No,
1: you know? it is. It is not. Mm-hmm. And we need to, and I think about this a lot too, like The reason that menopause has the stigma and the shame, I believe, is dovetails with ageism, deeply dovetails with ageism. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I feel like sometimes we're knocking down one wall when, when the bigger one is right behind it. But I think that by knocking down this wall, that next one will crack too, you know, because it's just this, army of women, tsunami of women just coming right at all these things. And it's yeah. great. But you know, age, like that's why a hundred percent I'm sure that athletes particularly are people who are active, like they don't want to identify with getting older. Like nobody wants to think about that. Right. And if you say menopause, that is synonymous with a certain age. Mm-hmm. It just and they used to even say women of a certain age. Another thing like what the hell does that mean? Right. Yeah. Like we like all of that's gotta go. All of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be a while, like those, even if you look at sport broadly, I had this conversation with, um, oh, another guest who's actually going to be coming up after this episode, but I also did that interview this week and, or last week. And she talked about like how it's like the culture with women's sport, it's culture that's lagging behind, you know, because we put, this, this might seem like kind of left field, but I think it's the same, That nope. like we put, when we put women on the field, we fill out stadiums right? Like people go and watch women's soccer. We fill out basketball, like the basketball stadiums people are watching, but yet like put them in a bigger stadium, right? It's the culture that's lagging behind that says, no, no one's interested in women's sport. Actually they are. We just have the evidence. We have the hard evidence right here. Like, yeah, and people are watching, people are attending, people are buying tickets and yet we don't put them in the bigger stadium, right? Like it's a culture piece that always just takes a little bit longer because like we're, you know, we talk about building an empowering culture for women, like, how do we, how do you change culture, right? It's well, when you're in charge of
1: it. That's what I mean, that's but it is. I mean, when you have and I, I just I am not like there's some, there's some people in the sort of the menopause sphere that write a lot about the celebrities and a lot about the celebrities talking about menopause and that and I've never been a celebrity culture person. It just isn't that interesting to me. However, I mean, I do recognize when you have like this, generation of women who are still viable and still in the industry and powerful and have positions talking about menopause that is how like the culture mm-hmm. actually starts to shift i mean that it is important in that regard
0: mm-hmm. yeah we
1: I become see. the culture and we yeah. <laughs> we 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 can't make we're not making ourselves disappear like all the men that used to sit there and be like well, nobody wants to see this you know like it it that's gone i mean those levers they're not in control of them anymore
0: Yeah. There's layers. There's like, except like not drinking the Kool-Aid, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. Right. We have to believe it ourselves. Like instead, you know, instead of like, we believe some of our own indoctrination. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But
0: you're right. And then there's like the next layer of like, who's in leadership? Who's who has a voice out there? And those people have like another layer of responsibility. Yeah. Right. And then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. you literally have nothing to lose okay I I don't know how to go back to like our, a lot of the questions because that was so um impactful um hormone replacement um, that's I think that's, we really
1: need to talk about it
0: yeah big big topic a lot of like mixed views I can imagine what's like from everything that you've learned the last couple of years like what's your take?
1: I wish we would stop fighting about it you know I mean we're at this place where we're fighting a lot about it and it's gotten to this really strange place where you have some experts at like one end of the spectrum asserting that menopause is a deficiency like we talked about before which is not new as we've mentioned before um and then there's other ex and they actually think, that every woman should be on hormones as soon as she enters that. I mean, there's definitely people in that camp. Mm. They're just like, it's a deficiency disease. It, it is related to all of these other diseases. And some of that is true. Like some of these things happen where your cardiovascular health and your bone health. I mean, it's, it's the menopause transition can be a precarious time for other health issues. Mm-hmm. I agree with Dr. Carla DiGirolamo. That's why fitness and other nutrition and lifestyle is the foundation of menopausal health. Like it makes Mm. you sort of like step up and do some of the work that those hormones have just sort of done for you, you know, most of your life. I mean, I think that's really, really important and we can't understate that. Um, But that's not to say that, you know, hormone therapy doesn't have a place. Like there are definitely women who, for whom it is a godsend, but then you have like these other people who think, no, you know, you're sort of giving in if you go into hormone therapy and it should all be natural. And that's not true either. It's like, and then you have like all these confused women sort of sitting in the middle. And the research is, it's really, really confusing. It's very, very confusing because hormone therapy is not a monolith. Hormone therapy comes in different forms and formulations and dosages. And are you getting estrogen and progesterone and testosterone? And how are you taking? Are you taking it in a patch? Are you taking it in a pill? Like all that stuff really matters. How far are you into menopause? Like all of that. What are your receptors like? You know, like all of that stuff makes a huge difference, and it's. Incredibly difficult to expect any one study or any 20 studies to to tease that out. It's going to take some amount of time because they they all have different effects. As it, you know, bioidentical hormones are different from, you know, syn- synthetic hormones. And it's uh, you know, it's just I, I I think that we need to we need to, everybody needs to like be able to have the information about like what hormone therapy is all these options available and like and this is what I try to do is show like this is what the science shows and where the arguments start to happen, Sarah. I don't think anyone is arguing about whether or not hormone therapy is helpful for a lot of these symptoms, especially the hot flashes, the night sweats, and that kind of stuff. Like that is that is kind of um unequivocal at this point you know it's 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 the gold standard treatment for those for those kind of symptoms where everything where people tend to be fighting now is that there are people who are prescribing and i just wrote about this like there's some clinics in the uk that are prescribing hormone therapy at twice the recommended dosage like which is in my opinion, irresponsible. And actually the British medical society just came down pretty hard saying the same thing as of all the societies, but because they believe that if you put these hormones back, you'll prevent these metabolic diseases, right? You'll prevent the cardiovascular disease and the dementia and the diabetes. And there's some studies that show like, okay, like maybe it is protected, but there's also studies that show it's not. And that's why you have like the actual associations, like the Alzheimer's disease association and, you know, the American Heart Association saying we are not endorsing these as primary prevention because we're not seeing that, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's where, that's where the fighting is happening. And I think that when I, when I take a really logical common sense view of it, I'm like, okay, like look at your health, like, look at what are your symptoms like and what is your health like now let's start making decisions. You know, are you, are you, otherwise doing those foundational things of, of in your nutrition and in your lifestyle and in your exercise. And what is, you know, get, get your blood panels done as far as your, you know, your, your lipids and your cardiovascular disease risk and sit down with a doctor and make those informed decisions. And they don't have to be forever. They can just be for a time, but I, 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 you know, I personally have not, have not taken any, I never thought that I never really felt like it. I never felt like I needed it. I felt pretty happy. I feel really good now. And I'm like, why would I upturn this apple cart and introduce hormones into my system? Because they, they're they not without consequences. You know, I've had women on the show who have, who've have had suicidal ideation on, you know, because mm. of the, the hormone disruption. I mean, it can be disruptive in and of itself yeah. and it can be some trial and error And if I don't feel like I need it, then I'm not, I'm not going to go down those roads. You know, I do take vaginal estrogen that is, you know, it's not systemic, it's local. And I use that with reverie because I'm on my bike for 12 hours a day. And like, it makes me way more comfortable, but you know, that's, that's where I come down on it. Mm
0: -hmm. You mentioned trial and error. And I remember listening to one of your episodes and and realizing that, you know, it's probably like if I ever felt I needed to go down that road of hormone replacement, that there was there was probably going to be some kind of trial and error, or that, uh, like, do you know what I mean? To figure out the right—I don't even know what they are. They should figure out the right amounts and the right thing for me w- with my doctor, right? And yeah. that feels like a bit of a hurdle, you know.
1: Um, I fully understand it because it kind of is. I mean, but if you but if you need, I mean, I feel like if you are again, if your life is Being disrupted, it is worth doing some of that trial and error, right? Like finding a good doctor, and you know, and some women get it pretty well right out of the gate. But I, I, there's progesterones, you know, that like that mood impact. It's just sort of like the pill. Like some women don't respond super well to the pill, right? Like hormone, yes, hormones are not inert. (laughs) You know, they're powerful. They have a really, they affect your your neurotransmitters. They affect all that stuff. So you you need to and I've seen it in the group. I mean, I've seen some people just like their progesterone was off and they're, they're, they're in really dark
0: places, you know,
1: and that's, that's troubling.
0: Yeah. I think even connecting those dots, like if we're going to have a, from this particular um, segment, like I'm feeling like if, if people can go into menopause, realizing that like, if you end up in a dark place, like if people go into this transition, like you end up in a dark place, if you're having anxiety, if you're having, right. If you're having like that, you can look for, like, go out and look for answers. Like there can right. be like, the like hormone therapy could be a big part of like, that's don't just accept that and think that you're having a bout of depression and, and totally silent. You know? Or I like, mean,
1: some women do, I mean, do well on antidepressants during this time. Right. I mean, that, that is, there, there are a number of women who are on that and that's great. It gets them through. Like that's. Right. It's just sort of helping smooth out the, the symptoms of all that fluctuation, you know, that is causing this disruption in your system, and that's, they're great for that. And there's, like I mentioned, there's other, there's other therapies too coming out that the, and there, there's more pharmaceuticals, and there's, there's a big toolbox, you know, and there's no, there's no need to just be sort of like stiff upper upper lip and try to suffer or think like you're just done, you know, cause you know, the, this is just how it is now because it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned too, and I think this will be particularly apropos for our audience, like that fitness itself can, can help with some of the symptoms we know, like we've heard about lifting heavy shit a yeah. lot. Like, first of all, what does that mean? And are there other things that we can do as well?
1: Yeah, it's, it's muscle. Well, lifting heavy shit is really just that, like it's lifting in that, um, you know, four to six rep range where you're really stimulating your central nervous system and you're stimulating those type two fibers, like really those strong contractions because physically without estrogen, you need to sort of step in because estrogen is anabolic. And like, that's sort of the first thing to go. Right. So, I mean, but there's like stimulating your central nervous system like that is, is really good for you psychologically. And it also has that knockoff effect of making you feel in control and strong and powerful. So I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. to be said about that, but the more they learn about muscle. And I just, I wrote a piece on this, like muscle is it. I mean, muscle, the more muscle you have, it's tied to longevity. It's very good for your metabolic health. So all those, all the things that we were talking about, like when the cardiovascular risk goes up a lot of times, like you become a little more insulin, resistant and carbohydrate sensitive muscle pulls glucose into cells, right? Like muscle helps control blood sugar and helps control all those things. And it's good for your cardiovascular health. And it's, it. I mean, it, there's the more I read about it, I'm like everybody just needs to lift heavy and take care of that because it's really good. And it's also good for hot flashes and night sweats. So um, definitely that. And I, you know, just the usual things that we talk about mobility is important cardio is good for you. I, if, if you had to, if somebody wanted to choose, I would say lifting is probably more important, but you know, you're talking to somebody who rides her bike five hours at a time. So I I'm not going to tell anybody that they shouldn't do cardio. I get kind of upset when I hear these women like, Oh, I, I understand. I'm not supposed to be doing cardio anymore. I'm like, that's, I don't, that's not true. <laughs> you know, that's actually not, that's, no, that's, that's not a fact.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you're like, I, you know, I do CrossFit now, but I've still come out for runs and just, and they're like, the pace is so easy. And it I has a different purpose. It. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different purpose. Um, what about like high intensity intervals, like hits training or. Oh
1: yeah, no, that's all, that's all super good for you. I mean, it, it's a lot of that is not only good for your mitochondria and just keeping that top end because that top end is always the first thing to go. But it is also um, good for your cortisol. It's good to help you manage that stress because, again, it's harder to manage stress during the menopause transition afterwards because the ovarian hormones aren't there. And they have always been sort of helping modulate that cortisol response. And they're not there anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's it's good to use other tools like short interval training. Like Tabatas are really great.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's what I've been, that's what I've personally been finding is that like if I can get enough intensity in my workouts and lift enough that it like the knock on effect is huge. Then I'm sleeping better. Then Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know I'm like, I'm only at the beginning, but then I'm sleeping better. Then the anxiety is better. And then like everything's better (laughs) all at once. Oh, yeah. It's like the solution to six different symptoms.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: Um, Okay, let's talk about how we, you know, how we support women better. Like, what do you think we can do, um, especially with some of the mental health things? Like, what are things that, like, I don't know, individuals could do to support women better?
1: I think we've talked about a lot of them. I, You know, I think listening, believing, and just if everybody is, I I think one of the great things that happens, say, in, like, the private hit play, not pause group is that it's a it's a quite educated and informed crowd. Mm-hmm. So the level of assistance they can provide each other is amazing, right. you know, and that's very cool. So if you take the steps to, you know, seek your own knowledge and elevate your own education about the transition then you are better informed not only to help yourself but to help the woman next to you mm-hmm. and i think that that is very useful and just just to be open you know the more open that we all are and the more we share the more normal it becomes and it's yeah that that is that's a huge part when you're not feeling like you're alone and you can't talk and maybe you should be ashamed that's that's not useful for the mental part of all of this
0: yeah, I just I I was just thinking of, like this has happened probably three different times where I've been in conversation with someone and I'm tell- they're asking me how I am or we're having some kind of conversation. And then I'm like deciding whether I should bring up the perimenopause thing because it's it's affecting me. It's affecting whatever I would have. Otherwise, I would bring it up, but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to handle it or have <laughs> heard it before. And so I've just like a couple of times. I just kind of said it, you know. I'm in perimenopause. There's like, my hormones are affecting me. It makes me feel anxious. I'm doing this, like, and I'm doing this differently. And on, and on two out of three occasions, I'd land, when it landed, I was like, he wasn't ready to hear that, (laughs) (laughs) like, you know? And then later, right? Like, it's just like, if someone's hearing something for the first time, it's like, oh, give it a minute. Right. And then later, same person, two, two different people, same person, like was later say, oh, oh, Sarah knows about that. Like where it landed. That's so funny. Like standing mm-hmm. somewhere going, oh yeah, I've heard, heard this before. Or it would come back to me with a thought. Like they just needed a minute to go away and go wait. Like, do I believe that her anxiety is related to perimenopause? Like maybe they just didn't believe that off the bat. Maybe they're just like, no honey, you need to think that you, you have anxiety. Like, you know, these that's the fear, right? And they're just like confused and what come back to me and say, Say something that makes me know that like something landed and they've shifted their thinking,
1: right?
0: right? So like I feel like all of those little things, like oh, this matters, and it like kind of empowered me to like keep doing that because that's the more cool. People that like when those people's wives or whoever like go through, uh, go through it, they'll be in a different place, you know, just talking about it.
1: Yeah, way. you know, the men I have met have been wonderful. Quite honestly, like it's, and and I I, I give a lot of them. Uh, Grace, because, I mean, if women don't know, men have no idea. None. Totally. None. And yeah. and a lot of guys actually, like, men like to fix things, you know? And they you, you say something like that, and they're just like, uh, it, like, they don't even, like, I can just see them short-circuiting. They don't know you've just shared mm-hmm. something kind of personal, and that's weird, <laughs> and yeah, they can't totally. really fix it, and they don't know anything about it. And it's just like, I can just imagine, like, the internals, like, just... Yeah. Firing off, so <laughs> just
0: like panic.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> like, how about the jets? Can we talk about? Yeah. like you know, like,
0: oh, nice.
1: this is not comfortable. You know, okay. so but like when I, I meet men at these races, I've had so many people just been like, "Man, you really helped my wife. or you really helped my girl?" Like, I've had such like lovely, kind you know, like they're happy. They, you know, he actually listens in the car with her. And it's just, it's been really endearing. Like that part of it, I didn't expect. And it's been actually very endearing.
0: Mm, Love that. You know, when we were talking about doing this episode in the office here, you know, and, and we asked like the younger, we have between three people between 24 and 30 working here at Feisty and said to them, like, is there anything you would ask? Is there anything that that you want to know and they're like how do we prepare how do we prepare ourselves so like what would you say
1: don't (laughs) my first thing i wanted to say is don't worry about it like (laughs) i because you know i i I don't want that to be a knockoff effect of the show. Like I've run into some people who are like now afraid, you know, they're just like, Oh, this thing. And can I stop it? And I'm just like, what can I do? And it's just like, please don't make this another thing that you're worried about in your life. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of positives. Yes. It can kind of suck sometimes, but it's, it's a by and large, You know, it's a journey you'll go through and you'll go through it on your own terms and things are going to change by then. God knows what they'll have at this, at that point, you know, therapies and, and understanding just, I, I, I don't want people to get wigged out. I mean, like I said, like, I would just say, lift, if you don't lift, (laughs) you know, if you don't lift, like start lifting and just know, just educate yourself enough that when you do start, like having you're waking up at three in the morning and you think that you maybe you should build a bunker because the world is ending you know like hey maybe this is not me losing my mind but it's Mm -hmm. this hormonal process and then start you know thinking more about it but for the love of god like don't obsess about it
0: right and like some of the things we talked about like out of that conversation were kind of things that people should be doing anyway right like i think if you're if you're someone who has any like mental health stress or pressure right? Like that probably, right. like from what we talked about, it probably would worsen or it's maybe more likely to worsen during. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, they've shown know. that
1: actually, like if you have had depression in your past, pay attention, right. you know I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you, and those things, like I've learned, cause I've had depression in my past. Like when you, if you do a, if you go through some kind of process to, to deal with that, like I did uh psychotherapy, but mm-hmm. like whatever works for, for someone, like you have a bunch of tools in your toolkit, right? Yeah. Like later, when, if something comes back, if you go through a hard time, if you have situational depression, um, it is like, hey, look at this. Like I, I've i done this before. I I can. You know? Yeah.
1: hundred percent. That's a great, that's actually a really great point. That's a great, great point. Cause that's, that's the kind of thing I tell my daughter all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you take the effort to get through like a hard thing that has put a tool in your toolbox for the next time you run into a hard mm-hmm. thing. So I think that that is, that is good advice. I mean, just know yourself, you know, just like, yeah, always, a, it's always good advice and lift, yeah. <laughs> and and lift. Some <laughs> and
0: lift and like have a lifting. I would say like, have. A, I'm so glad I started CrossFit when I was 42, I think 41, 42. And it was mm-hmm. like pre any symptoms. I'm like, now I don't have to think about it. Now I know what right. I'm doing. Right, I don't right, have right. To be like,
1: I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, <laughs>
0: I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, to be clear, I still don't know what I'm doing. but like, <laughs> I'm comfortable. So it's right. like, you know, like I don't have to have. Be in the no, middle that's a like good a- point. When
1: you're already feeling kind of vulnerable and whatever, like yeah. you're not sort of going in there like everyone is looking at me and I just want to disappear and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't belong here. Yeah, I right. know. That's a, that's a good point
0: yeah those things i just like but then at the same time it's like all people should do these things (laughs) right yeah um so and and we know okay last question Celine. before i let you go like we saw well those of us who follow you and follow feisty menopause we saw your beautiful um tattoo that thing (laughs) yeah your your amazing octopus tattoo um and to mark your menopause like do you think it's important to mark your menopause and like are you? Do you feel coming out the other side that you're in a new, like in some kind of new state of normal? You already touched on this a bit, but um,
1: I do, I do, and I, you know, I thought I, th- I think because you know it is a really meaningful stage of life. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's. I think anytime you go through any uh, transition in your life where you are literally sort of becoming. Something else, you know, whether that is becoming an adult, you know, we don't mark rites of passages enough, I think, in in culture that's sort of gone by the wayside. And it Mm -hmm. it's it's important. And I just wanted to do something. It's it's funny, I hadn't really thought about this, Sarah, when I when I did it and wrote about it. Like I did it because I thought it was important to mark this meaningful point in my life. And I liked octopuses because they're never static and they're sort of always adapting to their environment and they're smart. And we could go on. I could, you know, I could. blab a lot i could go on for a half hour about octopi but i won't
0: um we did that on if we were riding. we did i did i've already done that information (laughs) back to that episode
1: (laughs) i will just stop but i think one of the the things that i didn't realize when i was doing it is that uh i was being bold again i wanted to be seen again um wow i'm gonna choke myself up like that that is I hadn't thought about that. Um, Like I did think about when I got it, I'm like, oh, this is a big thing. I'm going to get this big tattoo on my arm. And I was excited about that in a way that I hadn't been excited about something like that in a long time. And that is a very clear marker that I'm on the other side of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's, That's amazing. I was just thinking about like that, what you said about like coming up the other side, being bold again. Right. And because I'm like, coming into the middle, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like, I'm like, Oh, I'm actually learning. This has been big for me the last like few months that like, especially because of my job, because my job is so like multivariate. I'm I'm doing something new and learning something like every day, all the time. It's like really that skill of like, just doing it anyway, like being bold, even though I don't feel like it. Yeah. And I I don't feel like it way more than I used to not feel like it. (laughs) it's It's like, And here I am again today, being bold, doing something that I don't really feel terribly confident about, but I'm doing it anyway, because like, that's what matters, right? Right. Like, um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Celine, um, for everything that you do and all the education you provided for, for all of us. Um,
1: Oh, there's more coming
0: so much. Yeah. I'm
1: excited about the shows that are coming out next year already. So,
0: oh yeah. Give us a preview.
1: There, well, I have Nicole De Boom, which was a really great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known sh- her forever. She's a Ironman champion, among many other things, uh, entrepreneur. But we had a really like it, it touched a lot of the things that you and I have talked about, about identity and competition and where you're going in this life. And just like it was such a good conversation. And uh, then right after that, I have a show coming out with Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford, who is a really groundbreaking voice and researcher in obesity medicine. Mm -hmm. And she is, you know, I, 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 this one is so important to me because for my whole life, professional life, you know, I, I have witnessed that no, that you would take 30 people and you would put them on the same plan. And this percent would like lose weight. This percent would maybe gain weight. This percent would do nothing. And it just wasn't at this simple mathematical equation. Everybody was selling it to be, you know, there was so much more going on and, you know, you knew that like, there was just it was so obvious yeah. and she has like all of this wonderful science and evidence about like what, what really drives energy storage and energy usage. And it's, it's all your central nervous system. And it's just amazing. Like it's an amazing conversation that takes, the onus so much off of like, there's so many people in the audience who are just like, I am doing everything and nobody believes me. And I'm just like, yes, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. And it's it's so validating of something that just a drum I've been beating internally and externally for a long time. So I'm very excited about that show. I don't talk about weight much as we have talked a lot about, but I feel like this one and people will understand because she she's such an amazing, amazing voice in this space. And so important and talking about like, she's got a client who is 300 pounds. He used to be almost 600 and he's metabolically healthy. And this is where his body sits and that's okay. And I'm just like, that's going to be, that's a great person to talk to.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm excited. Um, Well, thank you. And thank you for everything you do. And I look forward to listening to those episodes in the new year.
1: Thanks. Have a good holiday.